Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly Podcast. Please join us at 9 and 11 a.m. at the Somerville campus and 11 a.m. at the North Charleston and Remount campuses. Thank you. We hope you are blessed through listening. We have been looking at First and Second Thessalonians. The theme is get ready. Get ready because you don't know when the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come back. And we looked at 1 Thessalonians, every single chapter of 1 Thessalonians, and they were the reference to the return of the Lord. Christ is coming back. Get ready. How should we live our life? Because Jesus Christ is coming back. Get ready. Do not be left behind. Get ready. God has not called us to suffer the wrath to come, uh, but, but appointed us unto salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. Get ready. Now he writes a second letter to the Thessalonian church, shortly after the first one. He's still in Corinth. Paul himself is undergoing persecution. The Thessalonians, the persecution is intensifying and increasing. And there's this kind of fear, there's this rumor that gets started in Thessalonians that maybe the rapture had already occurred. Maybe they missed it. Maybe they were like the people in the video. All of a sudden the Lord's come back and they look around and their friends are gone and what's going on and what's happening. Could they have missed the rapture of the church because the tribulation was so intense? Let's take a look at how Paul deals with this and how we'll deal with it this morning. Chapter 2 and verse 1. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you By any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And when the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is in according with the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth they may be saved and for this reason god will send them strong delusion that they shouldn't believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness father right now as we come to you i pray you'll open up our hearts this morning i thank you god that you are coming back one day And God, we look with excitement and anticipation for your return. But I pray, God, that in the house today, there is not one man or woman, boy or girl, who would be left behind. But that everybody today who comes into the sound of the hearing of the word of God this morning, will speak to their hearts, will deal with all of us, God, will examine ourselves, that we'd be ready for your soon return. We love you, God, and we ask this in your holy, mighty name. Amen. Turn to someone and say, get ready, and then you may be seated. True story. In 1938, a man from Long Island wanted a barometer. 
his was no longer working. And he wanted a nice barometer that he could place on his mantle that would always be there that would tell him about the approaching weather. And so he bought a very expensive, a very nice one, an elaborate one, especially for that day and age. And he took it home and he opened up the box and the needle was pointing on the section of the barometer that said hurricane. Well, he looked at it and he thought something was wrong. And he, and he shook the barometer and nothing happened. And he looked around to try to reset the dials and there were no dials to reset. And he thought, I have bought a defective barometer. And so he sat down and wrote a very harsh letter and a scathing letter to the company demanding his money back because he says, my barometer does not work. He dropped the letter in the mail. He got ready for his business trip and he took off. He came back two days later only to find his barometer was missing. But not only was his barometer missing, his entire house was missing. A hurricane did come. Listen, uh, nothing was wrong with the barometer. He just refused to believe it. Now let me tell you something. You cannot stop the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't care whether you believe it or not. He is coming back and you cannot stop his return. Uh, You cannot stop the tribulation uh, that is going to be poured out on this earth. uh, The wrath of God that is coming upon all men. uh, Any more than you can stop a hurricane from blowing in off the coast. You won't be able to stop it. The word of God gives fair warning. It does not need adjusting. It just needs believing. Jesus Christ is coming back. Now, he talks about his return. When he comes back, he's going to come back. That event is known as the rapture of the church. We looked at that when we studied 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. That trumpet blast of God, the the voice of the archangel, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remaining will be caught up together to meet them in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I believe that is the next event on the calendar. Get ready. Get ready. Are you ready for his return? This is followed on the earth by a time of the outpouring of God's wrath. It is a time known as the great tribulation. It is a great storm of God's judgment that is going to come upon the land. At the concluding of the tribulation will be the battle of Armageddon in which Jesus Christ comes back and he slays the nations with the word of his mouth. And this is followed by the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now twice in 1 Thessalonians... When Paul wrote the Thessalonian church, he said, God did not appoint us to suffer the wrath that is coming upon the earth. That is one reason I believe the next event we're looking for is the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, if you would, at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. He says, wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 9, for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. How many glad you're going to miss the wrath? Isn't that great? That's a, that's a great word this morning. If you are in Christ Jesus, you're going to miss that wrath to come. Now, here's the problem. In Thessalonica, you have this brand new young church. They are experiencing massive persecution. There are people who are going to give their lives for the gospel's sake. They're going to be killed. They're going to be martyred. Persecution is coming to that early church. And all of a sudden, they are right in the middle of the great persecution. And somehow, they begin to think, maybe this is it. 
Maybe we're in the great tribulation that Paul taught us about. Maybe we are living in that day and living in that age. Uh, Therefore, if we are in the tribulation, we must have missed the rapture. Now, I want to tell you, Thessalonians is the strongest evidence you will find for a pre-tribulation rapture. Jesus Christ will catch us away before the, before the tribulation ever begins. Because obviously that's what the Thessalonians believed. Uh, they're in the middle of persecution. Uh, they're in the middle of troubles. Uh, they're in the middle of trials. Uh, and some, so, somehow they thought, we've missed the rapture altogether. Because we wouldn't be in this great tribulation. We wouldn't be suffering this great wrath uh, if the rapture hadn't already occurred. They believed in a pre-trib rapture. So they're thinking we may have missed it. And there had been a letter circulating. They said that they believed it had come from the Apostle Paul, was signed with his own hand. And Paul writes back and he says, don't be deceived. This could not have happened yet. The rapture could not have occurred yet. You did not miss it. Uh, uh, look at verse number two. He says, you, not to be soon shaken in your mind or troubled. That word shaken means to be tossed like a ship on the sea in the midst of a storm, in the midst of trials, in the, in the midst of the wind blowing. He says, don't be troubled or, or fearful. Paul says the letter did not come from us. You are not in the great tribulation. Yes, you're suffering. Yes, you're going through trials. Uh, but this is not the great tribulation. Uh, listen, if, if we get our eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ, and we get our focus on things around us, and we begin to get caught up in our circumstances uh, and our trials uh, and our situation and what is going on all around us, it is easily to be, be get shaken. You can get shaken when you look at what's going on around you. It'll shake you to the core. And if you're going through difficulties right now and troubles right now, you can be easily shaken like a ship out there in the middle of the storm. But if you'll keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll keep your eyes on the centrality of his word and on the scripture, the Bible says, and the peace of God can guard your hearts and guard your minds even in the worst trials, even in the worst test, even in the very worst tribulations. So Paul writes this young church in the midst of being shaken, in the midst of their confusion to clear up any misconception or any confusion there might be. And he gives three warnings in there, and there are three things that the Thessalonians had to guard against, and I believe three things every one of us must guard against. Are you ready? Take your outlines out. On the back of your bulletin, you can find it and follow along this morning. Number one, he says guard against deception. Jump down to verse number three. Let no one deceive you by any means. A day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. He says two things will occur around the time at the same time of the great and terrible day of the Lord. He says, first of all, the first sign is this, there will be a great falling away. The word is apostasy apostasia in the greek language it means apostasy it's a departure from the faith throughout history there have always been times of apostasy there have always been departures from the faith yet in the days surrounding the return of the lord uh, more and more will fall away from the truth of the word of god it is going to happen now i want to ask you is it possible that even now 
We are seeing this great falling away taking place all around us in America today. Many churches have forsaken God's word for acceptance and accommodation. They're more concerned about what man thinks than what God thinks. They have become men pleasers and not God pleasers. And so they say, stop telling people that Jesus is the only way. Let's accommodate people. Let's tell people there are many ways to get to God. Kind of a universalism that's out there that is very prevalent in our society that somehow everybody's going to make it. And so they're departing from the truth, the centrality of God's word. Uh, Jesus Christ said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Some people are saying, you know what? Don't say marriage is only between man and a woman. Are we departing from the truth of God's word? Are we de- departing from God's original intention for male and female created to them in the image of God? And he designed marriage. He built the marriage. And yet we are seeing some, listen to me, mainline denominations who are ordaining homosexuals into the ministry. Is there a chance we could be living in that time of that great falling away, that great apostasy? Some people say it's time to embrace a larger view of God. Let's talk about loving God and the merciful God and and the wide open armed God. But we never mention holiness anymore. We never mention sin anymore. We never mention judgment anymore or justice anymore. We kind of gloss over those things and it's all love, love, love. All you need is love. How many think that might be happening right now? He said there's going to first be a a great apostasy that is going to come, that is going to happen, and then the end shall come, and then Christ will return. And I think that could be happening right now. Now let me tell you something, give you some good news. That may sound a little depressing. Of course, the return of the Lord is not depressing for the child of God. But I believe the world's running on two tracks. Because Joel said in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And I will tell you, we are also seeing the greatest, mightiest move of God that is occurring around this world than it has ever happened since the world's been in existence. God is saving by the millions in Africa, in Asia, in Latin America. It is incredible. And God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. But the world is running down two very distinct tracks. There will be that great falling away and there will be the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, there is no middle ground you got to decide where you're going to be in the flow of God and the move of God in these last days. Am I going to be in the move of God's spirit? Or am I going to be a part of that track that is growing cold and turning away from the faith? He said something else should occur, and that's the revelation of the Antichrist. Verse number three, the man of lawlessness. The tribulation they were experiencing Paul says, could not be the great tribulation because the great tribulation is going to be characterized by a very prominent world figure called the man of lawlessness, the man of sin, the son of perdition. 
he will lead that whole time on the earth of the tribulation period. Verse number four, look at that. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now this event is called the abomination of desolation. He makes himself as God, sits himself up in the temple. Daniel prophesied about this event. Turn to Daniel chapter 9, verse number 26. And after 62 weeks, the word there for week is the word seven in the Hebrew language. After 62 sevens, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. You have the scene of the Antichrist coming in and destroying the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with the flood until the end of the war desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. And by the way, when that Antichrist comes, he comes as a messenger of peace. He will try to make peace in the Middle East. He will try to make world peace. Uh, he will make a covenant with the uh, nation of Israel. And in the, but in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to the sacrifice and the offering. And on the wing of the abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined uh, is poured out on the desolate. This is the same thing that Paul is talking about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 when he sets himself up as God and claims to be God. And by the way, most of the world will buy it. They will think he is the Messiah, but he is a false Messiah. He is anti-Messiah. He is anti-Christ. And he will set himself up as God. Listen, Satan has always wanted to be God. Ever since the very beginning, he's wanted to usurp God's authority. He, he rebelled as Lucifer. He tried to capture God's throne. Uh, he was cast out of heaven. He's declared war on, the, 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 on God and on the seed of God, on Jesus Christ. And when he couldn't get Jesus, he declares war on his offspring, which is all of us. Satan's declared war. He's, he's always wanted to be God. But at the end of the world, Satan will, will throw this final insult in the face of the almighty God when he sends his emissary, the Antichrist, who sets himself up as God in the temple of God. He will leave one world government. His right-hand man will be the false prophet who will be the leader of the one world church in that tribulation period of time. Look at, uh, jump down if you would, verse number 9. Look at 9 and 10 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The coming of the lawless one will be according to the working of Satan. Now, now the Antichrist is not Satan, but he works in the power and might of Satan. The coming of the lawless one will, is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the truth of the love that they might be saved the antichrist the man of lawlessness is going to be satan superman he's going to be an intellectual genius he's going to have incredible power and authority and the world is going to be amazed at him he is going to be the wonder man of the world he will capture everybody's attention uh, and he comes on a platform of peace but it will be a false peace and it will be short-lived. 
The miracles, notice what it says about the miracles before him. He says, they are like lying wonders. Uh, he will be the master of deception. In Revelation chapter 13, uh, he says he has a mark. It is called the mark of the beast. It is the mark of the Antichrist. Uh, and the number of the mark is 666. Uh, and he will put it on the hands or on the foreheads. And you cannot buy or sell unless you have the mark. You cannot trade. You cannot run business. uh, You cannot buy your groceries uh, unless that hand is scanned uh, underneath the scanner. You know, it's uh, it's amazing where technology is right now. It's all in place. There's a small chip the size of a rice of grain that can be right now implanted. They're implanting it now in dogs. So that you can track your dog with a GPS so you will never, ever lose Fido. And now there are parents who are implanting these in their children in case their children are ever abducted or, or, or captured or kidnapped in any way. There are small cards that contain more information on the head of a pen than you ever learned in your entire days at school. And it's all information about you and me. It's happening right now, people. The technology is all in place. Now, now the Bible says this mystery of lawlessness is already at work. There is a satanic attack and effect in our world today. He said that it is already at work, this mystery of iniquity, mystery of sin. uh, uh, But God has left a witness. Look, if you would, at verses 6 and 7. God has left a witness in the earth right now that is holding back this release of the Antichrist. At some point, this witness will be taken out of the way, and then the man of sin will be revealed. Let's read it to you. Verse 6, And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. Talking about the man of lawlessness. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. There's the working in our society. Only he who now restrains, will do so until he is taken out of the way. So the Bible says God has left back, uh, left on this earth a restraining influence that is keeping the lawless one from being revealed or being unleashed upon the earth. Who or what is responsible for holding back the Antichrist? Look at verse number six again. He says, and you know now what is revealed For you know what is restraining. The word what is used there. In verse number 7, he talks about he which is holding back or restraining. Let me tell you, I believe the what is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe the he in verse number 7 is the presence of the Holy Spirit in his church that is working and active today. But when the rapture occurs, listen to me. When the rapture occurs, the church is caught up. To meet the Lord in the air. That is the restraining influence. It is the Holy Spirit's presence. Alive and active within his church. When the church is caught away. Taken away. There will be nothing that will hold back this man of sin. Or man of lawlessness. Check out the condition of the world today. And you look around and you see how black and dark our world can be. But can you imagine how black and dark the world would be if it were not for the presence of the church in the world today? The Bible says we are the salt and we are the light. 
and we're a light to the world. Uh, and, and we, the church, then becomes that restraining influence against evil. Uh, and not only does the Holy Spirit help his saints, uh, but he also hinders the work of Satan today. Aren't you glad? Uh, and he keeps the devil on a leash uh, because the Holy Spirit is alive and well on the planet Earth. It's good news, guys. So there's that restraining influence. So he says, don't be deceived. A couple of things should be taking place. There ought to be a great falling away, and there ought to be this world leader, this world figure. If you were in the midst of the tribulation period, the Antichrist would be leading that whole charge. The second thing he says, guard against, guard against the delusion, the great delusion that is coming. Let's read verses 9 to 12. According to the coming of lawless one is according to the working of Satan with powers and signs and lying wonders. With all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this reason God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but have pleasure in unrighteousness. He says do not be deluded now here's the delusion some people have a mistaken idea that if i miss the rapture if the lord comes back if it's really true i'll get saved then then i really know there there was these popular movies out a thief in the night a thunder in the darkness and all these kind of movies in the 70s and my generation and the whole thing started with the rapture of the church uh, and then the whole rest of the show this girl is trying to get saved and 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 make it somehow and she's going to be beheaded and all these kind of things terrible happen and that's kind of the way the plot line runs and somehow people have in their mind that you know what it's okay i might miss the rapture but somehow i'll be saved in the end and if that really occurs if it really happens then i'll give my life to the lord jesus christ and i'll get saved during the tribulation and you know what if i have to i'll even be beheaded but i won't take the mark listen to me first of all just common sense logic says if you can't serve the lord jesus christ now in america today where we got churches on every corner and the word of god being proclaimed and preached you're never going to put your head on the chopping block now, now, here's where they get this, and, and they're, follow me closely. In Revelation 7, and, I, and I'm going to just give you the, the highlights here. I can't go into all of Revelation. But in Revelation chapter 7, there are 144,000 Jews uh, of the nation of Israel who are sealed by God. And they become evangelists during this time of the tribulation period. Uh, there are also in the book of Revelation an occurrence where two witnesses are, are on the streets of Jerusalem and everybody sees them uh, and they are martyred for their faith. Uh, and that kind of becomes a worldwide phenomenon as they are also doing signs and wonders in the city of Jerusalem. Uh, and so you get the idea that during the, the, the tribulation period, evangelism is occurring. It is happening on some level. In fact, in Revelation chapter 7 and verse 14, you see a scene around the throne room. uh, And he says, these are the ones who came out of the great tribulation and washed their robes uh, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So it sounds like there are those who will come through the tribulation as martyrs. Uh, They are gathered around the throne. Uh, When they are martyred, they are instantly raptured up into heaven. They join the saints uh, and they are gathered around the throne, worshiping the Lord for his great deliverance. 
Yet the word is clear. Listen to me. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the word is very clear. Those who refuse to believe the truth will believe a lie. There will be a great delusion. In other words, if you choose to walk out of this service today and say, I don't want Jesus, and the Lord comes back this afternoon, don't think you're going to get saved within the next seven years. It's not going to happen. The Bible says if you you choose to reject Christ now, if you choose to live in your wickedness, in your sinfulness, uh, you will believe a lie. You will be deluded. You will be sucked in by the Antichrist uh, because he says they love pleasure more than they love God. The only way to escape this great delusion that God is going to send upon the earth is to be ready for the rapture right now. That's the warning. Get saved now. Don't put it off. Somehow we've gotten a second chance theology out there that I can do whatever I want to now, and if I miss it, then I'll really believe it's true, and then I'll get saved during the tribulation. Well, then you've got to, the, the question might be spinning through some of your minds now. Who then will be saved during the tribulation period of time? Uh, the, uh, from the witnesses or from those who will seen around the throne room. Uh, I believe there is going to be a harvest that's going to take place during the tribulation, but I believe it's going to be those who have never had a chance to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe a part of the evangelism will go to every nation, every tribe, because we get this, listen to Matthew 24 and 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end shall come. Before the end of time, before the end of the age, before the final judgment, there's going to be a a great spreading of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. God will use those 144,000 evangelists. They will go to every part of the world, uh, and they will share the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they will be saved. But listen, if you've been sitting here saying, I don't want Jesus, I don't want him in my life, I want to do my own thing, don't be deluded. And think one day down the road, I'll get saved. I'll get my old head lopped off, but I'll be right there. Won't happen. Paul says you will be deluded so that you will believe a lie. Don't be deluded. Don't be lulled to sleep by any teaching of a second chance after the rapture. Your decisions you make now have eternal consequences. Number three, don't be distracted. Do not be distracted. And let's pick it up with verse 13. He ends the chapter. And, uh, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, beloved brethren, by the Lord. Now he's writing to the Thessalonians. Hey, listen, we're thanking God for you guys. You guys are doing great. Because God, from the beginning, chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth, to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast. Stand fast and hold the traditions which were taught, whether by word or by our epistle. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God the Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and a good hope by grace comfort your hearts and establish, look at that word establish, establish you in every good word and work. That word establish in verse number 17 means to fix your thought and your mind in a certain direction. 
It's to get your focus uh, in a certain direction. Uh, And so he says, do not be distracted, uh, but let your life be established. Uh, Stand firm. God wants our focus in these last days, he says, to be on God's word and God's work. So be focused and established. You see, the good news is simply this. This is what we need to focus our hearts on today. The good news is this. The Antichrist's time on the earth is limited. He is only on the earth for a short period of time. Look at verse number 8. And what, then the lawless one will be revealed. Look at what it says. Whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Listen, all the forces of hell are no match for the word of God. The breath of God. God will come. God will destroy him uh, with the word of his mouth. Uh, Revelation chapter 19, he describes the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. uh, And the Bible says he is going to take the Antichrist uh, and the false prophet. And in verse number 20 of chapter 19, it says he is going to throw him in a fiery lake of burning sulfur and brimstone uh, and he is going to be destroyed forever Uh, listen no matter what the devil tries to do to the people of god we win we win god wins he destroys him Uh, antichrist false prophet destroyed satan is bound for 1000 years Uh, he's released for a short time uh, and then he and all who followed him will join those antichrist and false prophet in the lake of fire now what's the takeaway what do we need to to gather from this what do we need to take home this morning especially for you saints you children of god in the house today the takeaway is simply this the same one who has the power to conquer evil in the future is able to conquer evil in your life right now He's able to set you free. He's able to give you a hope. Uh, He is able to be victorious over any problem, trial, test, or situation you might face. Listen, maybe you're here today and you're dealing with bitterness uh, and someone is out there who makes your blood boil over and makes you angry and you don't want to forgive them uh, and you want revenge on them. uh, But I want to tell you, the Lord can give you the power to love people you never thought you can love. God will give you the power to forgive people you thought you would never, ever forgive uh, because God is a powerful God and his power is greater than that of the enemy. Maybe you're here today and you feel with anxiety and fear and nervousness uh, and, and, and you're worried. Uh, maybe you, you're worried about your finances or you're worried about your health or you're worried about something else. You're worried about your relationships uh, and the devil's right there and the wor- work of lawlessness is taking place and he whispers in your ear, give up. God really doesn't love you. Uh, I want to tell you, God is there. Uh, He will help you. Uh, He will never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, The enemy is no match for the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. uh, And he is able to take care of you in even the most difficult times. Hebrews 13, 5. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You might be here today and you've been battling depression. Some days you don't feel like leaving the house. Some days you don't feel like getting out of bed. And there's this big dark cloud uh, hovering over your life. uh, And you are feeling like there is no way out. Listen, I want to tell you, the Lord is greater. Don't stop serving. uh, Don't stop loving people. uh, Don't stop coming to church. Uh, God is saying, I win. We win. 
If he wins in the future, he can win in your life right now. Knowing Jesus gives you power over every force of evil or lawlessness at work today. Knowing Jesus Christ makes all the difference. Uh, Jesus Christ will make a difference in your marriage that may be falling apart. Uh, Jesus Christ will give you power to handle your problems. Uh, Jesus Christ will handle anything in your future. He is absolutely king and Lord over all. At the battle of Armageddon, the skies will part and King Jesus will ride with the armies from heaven following him. And they will be robed in white. But listen, they won't be needed at all. I'll just come along as, a, as to see the power and glory of God. Because the Bible says, and out of his mouth comes a sword, uh, typifying the word of Almighty God. Uh, and the word who called these worlds into existence by the word of his mouth. Uh, all he will have to do is speak a word, uh, and he will slay uh, the enemies of God. Uh, and they will be knocked into oblivion. Uh, listen, I am not looking for the Antichrist to come. Uh, I am looking for the Lord Jesus Christ to come. Uh, and he is coming back back he's coming back church and we've got to get ready get ready lord's coming back i want to tell you something jesus knows your name he knows your name and the bible said that if you accept the lord jesus christ as your lord and savior he will take your name and he will write it in the lamb's book of life and when the end comes, uh, you will be found with the Lord. Uh, but the Antichrist, all he wants to do is give you a number. And with that number, he will take you right to hell with him. At the end of the age, let me ask you a question. Is your name going to be called or is your number going to be up? There is no need to face the Antichrist if you will accept Jesus Christ. And if you are not a Christian, it is time to get serious with God. Today is the day of salvation. Do not put it off. Do not resist it anymore. The Holy Spirit is going to draw you and call you unto himself. And do not say no anymore. But all you got to do is say, Jesus, I need you. I need your power. I need your grace. I need your love. I need your victory. And there's a promise in the word of God in Romans 10 and 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Uh, I invite you this morning uh, to give your life to the only one who gave his life for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bow your heads and close your eyes. We are going to pray. Thanks for listening. For more, check out faithishere.org.